Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Use Guys and That podcast. You can find us across all podcatchers, and our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is at UseGuysPod. Email us at info at useguyspod.com or useguysandthat at gmail.com. You can find our entire podcast library at useguysandthat.podbean.com. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Use Guys in That podcast. Uh, Ace has been kind enough to drop in with us. Uh, it's good to have him back on the show. How are you, Ace? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me back. I had a, I had a real blast last time, so I'm very excited for this one. Outstanding. Well, we're glad to have you back. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to say uh, shalom and happy holiday tonight at sundown, depending on where you are. It's the first night of Hanukkah, so... Happy Hanukkah. You are late on buying Hanukkah gifts that are boat-related and firearm accident-related. Once again, though, you do have, it is an eight-night holiday, so there's time. Time still remains. You can check out the T-shirts. Give them to your relatives, even if they're not Jewish. Just say, hey, happy Hanukkah. Please be careful while you're boating and handling firearms, courtesy of this uh, podcast. So uh, before we uh, get started, uh, I just want to get some statistics out of the way, and this is going to lead into something that we... uh, I think all of us in the community are familiar with. So let's look at prison sentences real quick for rapists. Let's say on an average, rape. It's a very violent crime. It doesn't need to be described. Average sentence for a convicted rapist in the United States is 9.8 years, while the actual time served (laughs) is 5.4. So keep those numbers in mind, everybody. Let's move on. Murder. Murder's really bad. It's not good. Very violent. Okay. By, uh, the median time served is 13.4 years, 2.2 years for violent crimes excluding murder, 17 months for drug trafficking, and 10 months for drug possession. There's an individual that we know uh, who's famous in the community for something called the Silk Road. And this young man, Ross, is serving two life sentences and 40 years without parole, without an even a victim being named in the trial, I don't even know where to begin. I know that his appeal was uh, knocked down by the court, and the Supreme Court has rejected even hearing this. Uh, yeah. Ace, what, what what do we make of all of this, man? What do you what, what's your so, take? I I don't know how closely uh, like people in the I would I would assume most people in the Liberty community know of Ross Ulbricht. I don't know how closely they followed his trial. It is uh one of the greatest injustices that I think I've seen in recent years. Like it, it's absolutely it like the more you look at it, the worse it gets. Like the like like if you just uh just to name off um, a couple examples, right? Um during his trial uh, there were two agents who were undercover on the Silk Road, right? Uh, Carl Mark Force and Sean Briggs, uh, Bridges, sorry. And uh, these two agents, while Ross was on trial and while they were giving their testimony, they were also uh, under investigation for stealing Bitcoin. Uh, off the site and doing a bunch <laughs> of other shenanigans and but they did not let the jury know that while they were testifying these people were actually also under investigation so that they were not allowed to know that um, um during his trial the the judge specifically did not allow testimony from uh well so maybe we should like talk about like what he's actually in jail for right to set it up a little more like sure. so um uh 
he he started the website the silk road it's based on right a completely free market the only there were things on there not allowed right he did not allow like child pornography anything like that um so nothing that could harm a third party so no stolen no stolen property none of that right uh he he, he worked for the ron paul campaign uh to give a little background right so that's kind of tell you like where he is in his mindset so he set the site up and he had uh, on the site there were administrators under the pseudonym of uh, Dread Pirate Roberts from uh, The Princess Bride, right? Mm-hmm. So when he got caught, so they, they alleged, right? What, like just alleged, right? They didn't actually charge him for anything, any of this, but he, they, he was alleged to hire hits on people, right? Murders for hire. And you see this everywhere. If you talk about Ross Ulbricht, you open a Twitter thread. There are people in that thread talking about, oh, he he hired people to kill people, right? Unbelievable. You see that everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. So what happened was at his trial, uh, the prosecutors merely brought this up. Or no, sorry, this is before the trial. They merely brought it up to deny him bail, and they never charged him with it. Oh, God. And it gets uh, worse. How um, <laughs> the judge, when she sentenced him, brought up the murder for hires during the sentencing and just use that as a reason she they the jury never even convicted him of this he was never charged or convicted of the murder for hires right it's a complete sham from top to bottom Absolutely. It, it's unbelievable and, and seeing people you know seeing people this is what really enrages me when you see people even some people who might like be you know somewhere in our like ballpark of like beliefs like libertarians quote unquote sure I'll, I even see some of them say, oh, yeah, but didn't he actually hire people to kill? And it's like, it's like, what what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're just spouting off nonsense right now that has, if you just look, there's no evidence that could link it to him, that could prove it was him. Nothing. And it just enrages me. But sorry for ranting. I, I went a bunch of different places. No, there. no, no. No, rant away. Like I said, there was no victim named whatsoever. And yeah. the reason why I listed off the, the times, uh, the prison sentences for the aforementioned crimes, rape and the other one being murder, and then, of course, <laughs> um, I, I, what is it, drug trafficking, stuff like that. It doesn't even yeah. – like the fact that you can rape a human being, which in my opinion right. ranks at least equal to murder, maybe not – maybe <laughs> even more. Because I I can't think of anything worse, you know what I mean? And you get less time for that than someone who created a website that merely allowed people to voluntarily interact with each other in the black market. And then for some of the white belt listeners, the rookie listeners, it's not just black market does not include does not include child trafficking. Any kind of right. pornography related to, to minors, it's all voluntary interaction. Those markets are the, are the pink and red markets, which are mm-hmm. completely because they're not voluntary, that you can't, you, you have no agency uh, when you're talking about those individuals who are being exploited. So it has nothing to do. The black market is simply voluntary interaction with people with things that the law, like the country, let's say, this, okay, we're, we're going to make uh, drug X illegal. Well, the minute you do that, you immediately create a black market. It's it's instantaneous. It's like, okay, fine. Well, it's I still want it, and this person has it, and we're going to, you know, have some method of exchange voluntarily. And this all this man did was facilitate it. And I, I I'm blown away that the and you know what I think it is too, man. I really feel I'd like to get Chris' take on this as well as yours. 
I honestly think that this was sending a message. This was a shot across the bow of anybody who had any idea. Like, don't you ever dare try to to walk around this. Because Michael Malice talked about this in his book, The New Right, where Mm -hmm. gamers, for example, talked about how they look at government and regulation almost like um, like a video game villain where we need to w- learn what the workaround is. We need to learn how, okay, like kind of like how Bowser operates in Super Mario Brothers. We got to know its timing. We got to know when it jumps so that way we can go underneath right. it, et cetera, and so on. That's kind of what this reminds me of. It's like, oh, okay, you're going to throw up these walls. I'm just going to go around these walls. Like that's all I'm going to do. And I really feel... It was a message sent to everybody who maybe was harboring some sort of ideas to, you know, uh, facilitate voluntary interaction with, quote, illegal drugs or uh, maybe weapons or something like that and saying, nope, don't you ever dare step out of line. And I just want to get your take and we'll get Chris's take if you think that that was a message sent by the state. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't even really need to speculate because um, what I forgot to mention in my opening statements about this is that the judge so told Ross Ulbricht to his face when he was being sentenced uh, how his ideology is very dangerous and I don't think you and I don't think you've given it up. That's what she said to him during the sentencing when she wow. he was about to be sentenced. So he said it directly to his face and uh, it, it, it's bordering on a First Amendment violation, right? Just oh, yeah. right there. That's, yeah. It's like, yeah. Because she even said, I think uh, she once said, like there were anti-government um, um, slogans on the website that viewed the government as the oppressor, and she viewed that as very dangerous. So what does she do? She, well, obviously becomes the oppressor and uh, gives him double life, forty without parole. Oh God! Yeah, it's just yeah. disgusting. It is disgusting. So, uh, yeah. Christopher, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Please. Yeah, it was uh, definitely like they were using him to to send a message. Um, not only. Not only was it like a shot against any form of free trade amongst the people, you know, the agora, so to speak, um, it was really like one of the uh, the first shots across the bow at at, at cryptocurrency as well, because I think that's another big issue of it, because yeah. it's people using money that the government doesn't have any hand in, can't control, and doesn't get a chunk of. Um, so I think that was a big part of it too, is they're like, well, they don't want you, they don't want you to use it. Like a, the idea of a monetary system that exists outside of their central planning and control is frightening to those in power because that's how they enslave people. And, uh, you know, what Ross Albrecht did was, was free people. This was a way to liberate people. And mm-hmm. it was, it was just, it was an absolute shot across the bow at cryptocurrency, at, at liberty any sort of true free and open market and uh and but all they've really done is turn him into a martyr for the cause yeah i mean and, and it sucks like he 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 was non-violent like he he wasn't he like to to bring up all these charges against him like drumming up charges that they typically reserve for like fucking mafia dons and shit like that like they act like he was like a fucking drug kingpin or something yeah. like the article that you read any, I should say any sort of mainstream news article that comes from the fucking cathedral paints him as like this fucking vile fucking kingpin, like a like like he was like the 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 head of like a, a fucking drug cartel or something, which is absolutely ridiculous. And there was a there was an article that was put out by CBS News like a, just a few weeks ago where they interviewed his ex girlfriend, 
and, and the whole article in itself is trash. But like, even like his ex girlfriend, like when I, when I get to the end of this article, I'm I'm gonna quote this because this really like to me like this pissed this pissed me off so much that that his ex girlfriend said this. So in, in accordance to you know whether or not she felt his charges were too harsh, she says, uh, you know, I don't think he deserves to be in jail for the rest of his life. Uh, she said. I mean, maybe take the best years of his life at least, but leave him with the last part of his life. Like that statement, like fuck, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. Like take the best years what of his life, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> right? Because he enabled free trade and and offered something for to liberate people. Like he said the Silk Road was just nothing but voluntary interaction on the black market, and it was safe. Yeah. That's yes, the big yes. thing. Like, it was safe, man. Like people, instead of having to go to a fucking corner to fucking get their drugs, they could be like, oh, well, I can just anonymously exchange some Bitcoin and have this shit shipped to me and then bada bing. You know, it was fucking absolutely safe. Like it revolutionized what you could do with right. the drug on the on the black market. And they painted him as like this awful fucking like criminal like mafia don. And the fact that his ex-girlfriend said that about him, like, that just turns my stomach. Oops. Yeah, take the best years of his life because he enabled people to fucking trade freely and safely. It's just such bullshit. It is bullshit. And here's the best part about it is they have everybody, I guess, brainwashed or, you know, they're not educated enough because they've associated successfully been able to associate black markets with evil behavior like coercive behavior. You know what I mean? As opposed to it just being an alternative market for things that the state has deemed illegal. You know what I mean? For example, like drug drug use and, uh, you know, firearms is another example, which those of us on this show have already repeatedly, uh, you know, made our feelings known how we think that we should be able to go to Walmart right now and get a fully automatic M60 with no background check and ammunition at the same time. And we consider that to be the default position. With that being said... I think that it, they have been successful in controlling the language because ask any, ask any of like Chris, I, I, you know, we work together. I know where you work and I know the kind of people you work with. Bless them all. They just haven't figured it out yet. OK, and that's OK. But ask them if, what, what they associate black markets with. I could do the same thing at my shop. I'm sure that Angel could oh, I, do the same thing. Yeah, I, you know, I already all of know us. what most people's answers would be like most people like when you say black market, like most people automatically just think like, oh, just illicit drugs or like uh you know quote unquote i'm using air quotes here illegal firearms <laughs> right like people think of like the worst thing but like really like the black market is just any sort of free and open trade that doesn't involve the state like uh, yeah but yeah most people think of the worst things like you said like they've done like a really yeah. good job of, of brainwashing people and controlling the language oh, yeah. that like it like it immediately elicits a negative connotation. Yeah, and it's just another indication that they've won that battle at least temporarily. Is when you can control people, you know, yeah. their their ability to understand. Because I mean, when you explain people that there's, it's just not okay. Yeah, they might understand the white market, for example. They understand the gray market a little bit. But when you hear black, they don't know that there's a pink and red one. You know what I mean? And that's not stuff that we've made up. I mean, this is very easily categorized. You know what I mean? And a lot of that is the exclusivity of the state, you know, where they're the ones who are allowed to run those operations. You know what I mean? They're not, you know, and once again, what they don't understand is that the black market, we have to, I think that in order to step up our efforts to get people to understand how this is working, 
is the use of the term voluntary. Like, you know, it's voluntary transactions between individuals. You know, you may not like prostitution. You shouldn't get one then. You shouldn't, but you shouldn't uh, solicit a prostitute if you don't think, you know, go ahead. Hey, save your money. That's fine. But some people, they like to do that, and they also like to sell their services. Well, it's a voluntary interaction between people, between two people, excuse me, and they should have every right to engage in that behavior, regardless of how you feel morally. This isn't about morals. If you don't like the, if you don't like something, you should absolutely not do it, 100%. If you're against it, absolutely don't participate. I wouldn't want to compromise anybody's morals. But unfortunately for that per individual, you don't get to tell people what to do when it comes to their morality. And they may not even view it as being immoral, you know, I mean, because then you throw the complexity of it is you throw religion in there for some folks. And that's fine if they feel a certain way. But the only problem is that we have those people who are trying to, you know, once again, when we get the state involved is, and, you know, Christopher and I talked about this a long time, Ace, is when you have people legislating mm-hmm. morality. You, you, it is oh, yeah. so... It, it, it is it is so uh, counter to a free and open uh, voluntary society, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, know. I mean, this is what people are. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that you just you can't you can't legislate morality. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead, Ace. This like the children in public schools are taught to think like this, right? It's like uh, the, the whole process of like voting, like you're supposed to say like, well, what would I do if I was dictator? And then you're supposed to put that into a vote, right? That That's kind of how children are like raised to think about, oh, this is how politics is. Like if it was my perfect world, what would I do to people? Well, I wouldn't have this, this or this or this. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, then vote that way, right? That's kind of like that's just how it's uh, uh, like drilled into people's brains from a very young age and it, it shows yeah it definitely does um do you have anything else that you would like to uh to cover on uh, ross i know that we have a website that we will be in the show notes yes uh yeah freeross.org freeross.org yep. and you can make donations uh i know that the, you could put I, I believe i ta- i heard his mom was it on michael malice's show i forget who, who show it was on She's uh, been on a lot, but she was on Michael's, yeah. Yeah, where she says that, you know, you can even put money in his commissary. Like, you can help him in many different ways. And uh, if anybody's able to help, uh, you know, we highly suggest that we'll be putting that in the show notes. And it's just yep. a terrible story because this man didn't do this. Like I said, this man is being crucified. This man is being, this yeah. has been crucified. This is a postmortem. Okay, it, it has happened. Yep. And, yeah. you know, right. yeah. when you He's didn't. been crucified for making a fucking website. For making a website. Yeah. And, you know, when you're looking at uh, stuff, you know, he, he they won't even allow like the, the, the conviction was upheld. You, there was no you know, we're not going to open this back up because there's no way that the state is going to let this go. There, and, and I hate yeah. to say that. I, I of course, like Jer- like our friend Jeremiah says, we have a one percent chance of winning, but we have to play the game. With right. that being said, we can make an effort to at least let him know that we do give a damn. That we're that we'll try to help him out, even if it's a couple of bucks here and there, or what have you. We're putting money in his commissary. This is, I can only imagine how difficult the position is. Like prison is is scary, you guys. Like that is definitely not anywhere anyone wants to be. Who merely made a website for voluntary interaction. You know, they're throwing him in there with people who have legitimately done terrible things to other individuals on a physical level. Um, it doesn't need to go any further than that. It's actually quite right. terrifying, and the state has decided that they're going that this is what they're going to do, that they are going to throw the hammer down on him. The book has been thrown, the key's been thrown out the window, but we yep. got to keep trying. But we also got to let Ross know. That's why I appreciate every time I see somebody put a hashtag free Ross, 
even just retweeting that so somebody could click on that. Maybe one out of 100 people click on that and maybe they can see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Get that uh, yep. intellectual contagion in the mind, at least a couple of people, so that they could, you know, raise awareness to the miscarriage of justice that has taken place for that individual. Oh, Ross. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, if so, I could add one more thing to the uh, Ross thing. Um, with the uh, DPR, right? That's how that they have apparently chat logs where it shows the uh, person under the DPR handle, Dread Pirate Roberts, put, putting out a hit on someone, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they immediately assume that uh, uh, it was Ross, right? Because they think that, well, Ross was Dread Pirate Roberts. Well, there is much evidence out there that, no, actually, there were multiple people handling the Dread Pirate Roberts account. But the funny thing is that the judge would not allow any evidence that there were other DPRs to be heard by the jury. They, that was specifically not allowed in the court. So that really just shows you what type of a, a sham it was. Like, and it just, it's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. That's, that's terrible. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Oh, and then they, they even went after uh, Reason Magazine because one of the commenters on Reason Magazine, I don't know if you guys heard of this, but um, uh, w- like one of the commenters said something like, when the libertarian revolution happens, that judge will be the first one that goes in the wood chipper or something <laughs> like that. And the, uh, the, and, uh, the government actually subpoenaed that comment. They actually subpoena, subpoena, sent a subpoena to Reason to try to figure out who that was, that commenter. And Reason luckily defended that, defended against the state. But that was that was just wild. Unbelievable. So, yeah, like any type of criticism. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. That is just like, yeah. it's like so ludicrous, man. Like I'm laughing yeah. like, when you think about it. Like that doesn't even sound like reality. But yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, that's, yeah, that's the reality that we're fucking living, man. It is. It yeah. is it's the absurdity of it. You know what messes me up yeah. too, man? Like, you know, we, on this, we did a show um, about how, like, the Catholic Church received, uh, like, a billion dollars in the paycheck protection plan for the COVID-19 nonsense that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, a billion, a billion dollars in tax dollars uh, in taxpayers' money. Some of it went to parishes that had gone bankrupt because they had to pay out for what their priests had done to children. And, oh, wow. um, I like, it's a really uh, sensitive, it should be a sensitive topic for everybody. And I know that it is, among, 99% of us, it really... Nobody likes this sort of thing. It's nothing. It's nothing controversial mm-hmm. by saying is like we do not like people who abuse children. But right. instead of going after Ross and people who are voluntarily like, I don't care if you're jamming heroin into your veins. If you want to go live under a bridge <laughs> and die, you know, alone and cold, uh, I, I guess go for it. I highly, you know, would advise against it. But it's your life. As long as you're buying your dope with your money, I really don't care what you do. But you think all of these efforts. If you put a fraction of those efforts into curbing the amount of child trafficking we have going on in this country, let alone in the world, like, for example, Interpol got involved with this case. Uh, Interpol, for a lot of people who don't know, Interpol was created uh, to hunt down anarchists, actually, um, at the end of the, uh, I believe, at the end of the 19th century, into the 20th century, because they needed an international police force because there was a lot of propaganda of the deed stuff going on at that time. Mm-hmm. So they needed a, an international police force to go after these anarchists. Anyway, so Interpol is not, not a friend of the people. Not that they need, not, they need to be expanded upon. I just want to make it known for the record. Not a friend of the people. But if they really wanted to be a friend of the people, they could take all of those resources and try to find out where all these kids are going and who's involved. But right. then comes the difficult part. When you find out it's the guys that are cutting checks to you that are the ones that are getting the kids, 
then it becomes a difficult situation for them. And I understand uh, that they don't want to, they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them anyway. It would just be nice to see resources thrown at a real fucking problem, you know, like right. kids being exploited by uh, by rich yep. people and, and, and adults and organizations. So, oh yeah, with that being yep. with that being said, I um, we're all familiar now. I don't know if everybody's familiar with um, Duke Nukem, the uh, boss of California, Eric uh, Swallowswell. I mean, Swalwell. Uh, beg your pardon. Beg your pardon. Freudian slip there. I'm sorry. If you remember, he was uh, going back and forth with uh, with Joe Biggs uh, for Infowars.com. Uh, going back and forth with him. Joe Biggs has been banned by Twitter, by the way. You can't. He doesn't have an account on there anymore. Uh, F in the chat. He uh, he responded to something that Joe Biggs said, and it's a quote, and it would be a short war, my friend. The government has nukes, too many of them, but they're legit. I'm sure if we talked, we could find common ground to protect our families and communities. Now, of course, this is uh, this is uh, Duke Nukem is talking about how you know the country would fight back if there was, because this is his position. Okay, I don't know. He was he was running for for president, which he never had a shot at winning anyway. There was not even if it was a legit election, the dude would not win. He has the personality of a boiled carrot. Like the guy's nothing. He's garbage. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, this is his position. He had an uh, USA Today op-ed entitled ban assault weapons, buy them back and go after resistors. Uh, yeah, that's not going to go very well with a lot of people in the country. I don't even know what assault weapon means. I mean, I have a fork here that I use the, you know, you know, macaroni and cheese with if i go after it with you it's definitely an assault fork a fully automatic one i might add <laughs> right but yeah so he didn't win any friends by behaving that way well apparently mr swallows well along with some other people but him specifically he got caught banging a communist chinese spy who goes by the name Fang Fang. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so good. But her real name is Christine Fang. Uh, she was living in the U.S. She was cultivating relationships with various high-profile California politicians, at least two uh, amorous Midwestern mayors, and naturally Tulsi Gabbard. Does that mean she was showing them her boobies? Uh, I, let's put it this way. I don't think Swallows Well was the only one doing any swallowing, but that's that's hearsay. I wasn't there. I'm not from uh, Communist California. I don't know anything about it. Slinging around that thing thing. Can you believe this? This dude, he got dismissed from from what I understand. He got booted off the House Intelligence Committee. Even his fellow Democrats were like, "Bro, you got to get the fuck out of here!" Like, you... <laughs> I you're love about it. to blow our cover. You're really... Right. This is so good. I, 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 as soon as I saw this, and I messaged, I, I sent Ace a message. I'm like, hey, listen, I really want to talk about this because uh, uh, Duke Nukem is one of my favorite characters. Like, he is such, I'm, like I said, Mr. Boiled Carrot. He is a ridiculous, the opposite of that. Yeah, stupid vegetable from California. The, whom I can't the nuke it. tweet is still so incredible when you read it back. It's so great. Oh, I it's know. It's just like, oh, my God. It's the gift that keeps on giving, my friend. And uh, <laughs> and a short war. That, like, the, the best part about that, guys, I don't even know how to take Like, are you, are you advocating that you're on team government and you'll win that war? Or don't do it because the government will nuke us all? Now, my my brain immediately goes to, oh, you're on Team Nukem because you feel that, that those are your nukes, right? 
you're going to get to push the fucking button, right? But then also, <laughs> he's not going to be negatively affected by this nuclear strike that they, uh, you know, <laughs> pose against the rest of us whenever something happens. It's like, hmm, did you think that one through, sweetheart? Because if you use those, quote, nuclear weapons, unless there's a different kind of nuclear weapon that doesn't cause mass destruction, then I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, because you're going right, to have, like, you're going to suffer the consequences we're as well. annihilate the entire human race. Right. It's like, <laughs> right. you fucking moron. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. He's, Thanks for your service. Yeah. Thank you for your service, Swallow, as well. Uh, we, and, and just the idea that uh, the state's going to drop a nuke on its tax cattle is just absurd to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a right. fair point. That's a fair <laughs> point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we no longer need this bread and butter, fellas. Let yeah. us nuke them. Yeah, if we if we nuke the peasants, comrades, well, who will pay for the roads? <laughs> That's right. Oh, jeez, God forbid. You know, like we have to abide by the social contract, guys. Ooh, oh God, I hate to have a social contract with the fire of a thousand suns. But who decided that this contract was a social one? The sadist did. That's okay. Yeah, it's this imaginary concept that they fucking came up with that you're like enslaved by at birth by this fucking dogmatic social contract, like. That fucking like I hate using that this term, but god damn it, that fucking triggers me, man. Like every time I see somebody talking about like, oh, but you signed a social contract. Get the fuck out of here, man. (laughs) Ain't nobody signed shit, dickwad. (laughs) That that woman getting beat up by her husband, she you know, she agreed to it and she stayed. So she could leave. Oh my god. She stayed. She's she's consenting, you know. But dude, I dude, looking at your like First of all, the last time I had you on here, I canonized you as Saint Ace because you were really oh. you, you've been so nice. No, seriously, like I I, I watch your work religiously because like I <laughs> like you. you always you were you were so kind. You're like, "No, no, 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 no. Let me explain it to you because they're getting vitriolic with you and you're like being the level-headed one." And then lately I've seen where you've had this thrown at you, like literally every single, like almost, not every single time, but it seems to be often have like, well, you know, the social contract. I'm like, my God, do you even know who you're talking to at this point in time? Like, really, this is the worst thing to say to any. And the, but the worst part about it is, gentlemen and lady, is that people really believe that by virtue of being born over this line, yeah. that you, without any agency whatsoever, have signed a social contract. Which in any like if we tried to say like, you know, that that Frank that that Frank Smith over there owes me a hundred dollars because we have a contract between each other that he never signed, any even any judge that's appointed by the state would look at you and be like, Would you are you wasting my time? I'm gonna hold you in contempt. Right. What the hell are you doing that's here? Right. You know what I mean? You can't just show up here and say, Well, by virtue of standing there, Frank Smith owes you a hundred dollars. That doesn't work that way. Only it works that way when we're talking about the government, but the fact that the tax chattel will, will, will bleat this back at an anarchist. And that's my favorite because when you go into the comments, like everybody, I, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one watching because there's so many people that we all mutually, mutually follow, excuse me, that'll jump in there because it's such an easy thing to take down. It's such a white belt rookie bitch level uh, response well you know you signed a social contract you know like right. what, what did you just get out of eighth grade civics like i mean what are you yeah. talking about yeah and, and my favorite part about that is 
my favorite part about that is like you know they always assume that uh anar- if you're an anarchist that just means you failed civics right they, they that, that's how they approach you in every single like well don't you know this is how our government works yes yes i, I understand yeah. this is how the system works yeah it's yes. like i'm, I'm proposing I'm that the system is flawed and that we need to just go away with it and come up with something different that's the proposal it's not that i don't want to know how it works like i understand how it works like i'm proposing right. something different have you thought about that no they don't think about that they're like well no. nothing else can work it can only work work this way yep that binary right. thinking right that binary yeah. thinking it's uh pete does a great job at this too you know what i mean where he points out the binary thinking of individuals that you know that if he's critical of the left that that automatically by default puts him on the uh the right side of the spectrum and it's like i love mm-hmm. this binary thinking it's almost and now and you know people got mad remember when the mpc thing was really really gone after by twitter they were like nuking people who were using npc memes because i guess they didn't understand how robotic people's answers really are and this social contract one is one of my favorite now you did something recently sir something recently (laughs) that we absolutely I, i i quoted him and i was like what i was like this is a master at work and for for less than a day you pretended to be a blue lives matter guy and some yeah. people, you, how many, you lost followers over this. You had people who had been following yeah. you since time, whatever, when you first came or when mm-hmm. you first got your account, who were arguing with you. Like I, it was yeah. then, but now, now to credit to credit, credit where credit's due. There were some people who were like, "Okay, you got me, dude. Thank you. You got me." And I don't yeah, think there's yeah, anything yeah. wrong, anything wrong with admitting that admitting that you that you've been you've been had, you've been bamboozled. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. We've all been victims of it. Like I've been like, "Oh fuck, right. shit. I was I'm too angry all yeah, the time." Yeah. But dude, you had people arguing with you. Like it was brilliant. Like what possessed you that day? Did you just yeah. wake up, have a cup of coffee, and you know, you're like, "You know what? I'm going to fuck with Liberty Twitter today." You know? Yeah. I- <laughs> Kind of, because I didn't really plan it out before that day. I just thought, oh, you know, I'm just going to pretend to be, you know, a, a Blue Lives Matter guy. And I changed my profile picture, my banner, even my uh, bio for a bit. And then because uh, I noticed a lot of people did not know it was me. Like they just thought they were following some random like Blue Lives Matter account, I guess. <laughs> but a lot of them did not know it was me for the longest time. I think I think the tweet was like some like despite the smears the contrary by the liberal MSM, more than or like a little more than sixty percent of cops do not beat their wives. Yeah. Yeah, you you had me going for like a split second. It was like I looked at this, I I looked and I saw the tweet, and I I saw like I without even looking at like your your Twitter handle, like I I looked at that profile picture, and I'm like, and and that was my thought for like a split second. Like, when the fuck was I following a blue liner? And then I looked over and I see like you know Rex Incarnation, and I'm like, that name sounds familiar. And then I looked at you, Ace. I'm like, oh Ace, oh buddy, you almost. He almost had me. <laughs> I almost got Aaron too. He almost quote tweeted me. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, I, uh, yeah, that was brilliant, man. That was that was so fucking funny. No, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I spend most of my online time on Twitter, 
and I, I, there's you, there's a few accounts that like you know I I'm, I watch religiously. You know, I'm sure that we all do the same too. With like you know Pete and a lot of the people that you know, were mutual followers of uh of of each other. Like we all like because you know there's people that say funny shit, but like there's some of you who bring out the worst in people. And I mean, it's wonderful. It really, no, it's it's beautiful. It is a pièce de résistance. It is tremendous. I enjoy oh, it you. because it, it just amazes me. Like you said, like Chris, like Christopher said, like first of all, any of us that are following a Blue Lives Matter person, something went terribly wrong, terribly yeah, wrong. Something. Because I don't know if you've ever included yourselves, like um, the the libertarian follow trains or the anarchist follow trains or what have you, get to know other people. You know, there'll, yeah. be, there'll be certain individuals that will like add me, for example. And I, if I see a hashtag MAGA, I'm like, I can't do it, oh, yeah. dude. I don't even know why you're here. Like, this is, right, so, right. I'm sorry. Like, we do not believe in the same things. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like right. you're just, you're severely confused. You need to go back and rethink your position a little bit and then come back and tell me what you really think. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, and I don't even know how they get included. Like, the idea that, uh, you know, like this, um, conservatarian i don't even know oh, yeah. what that means like you know I, I really don't know what that means like you 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 like the cops but you don't I, I don't i don't even know what that means what is what the fuck is a conservatarian does anybody know i have no I, idea i would say they're i would say they're cons- more conservatives who are kind of embarrassed by the republicans so they try to latch on to libertarianism ah. as like a refuge in my opinion that's my personal maybe that's a little too cynical but that's what i've seen personally anyway I, no, that totally makes yeah. sense. It's like it's like, you know, like you said, people that that are like disillusioned, like with the Republican Party, but not quite disillusioned to realize that their state of statism is the problem. <laughs> they're like they're like like I feel like uh, conservatarians are kind of like the uh, like the BDSM sect of like of their community. You know, like they, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's the equivalent right there. So that was brilliant. That was, that was great. <laughs> I might put that on a T-shirt, and we might see that in the shop. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But here, here's a fact for you guys. Uh, these Blue Lives Matter people, which um, they're not friends of the podcast nor friends of the people. Uh, in fact, the people they support are the enemy of the people. They are the standing army that uh, the uh, forefathers of this country, flawed as they may be, uh, warned us of. It definitely is them. I don't know if anybody yeah. knows this, but according to data that's been collected back going to 2017, this isn't even the most recent data, that uh, you the cops kill 100 times more Americans than terrorists. And this was in the year 2017. Uh, according to the Free Thought Project, police killed at least 1,184 Americans in 2017. Terrorists, on the other hand, killed 12. Those sworn to uphold the law have killed nearly 100 times as many as those attempting to make a political statement through an act of violence on American soil. The number, the number killed in mass shootings, such as those in Nevada and Texas, are not included in this government tally of terrorist killings. But according to the Free Thought Project, even if the deaths from these mass shootings are included, police have still cu- killed far more people than all the mass shooters in 2017 combined. Now, what I try to think, we had a big conversation about this, and we're going to have Keith Preston on sometime here shortly to talk about his process of radicalization, because that's been a huge topic in our, in our circle, right? Mm-hmm. A huge topic, and we have, we have Pete to thank for that, we have Aaron to thank for that. How do you radicalize, right? Well... 
I always felt, and I'm, I know that you know some of our listeners will be like, oh, okay, Jay's going at it again. Well, listen, this seems to be a pretty easy avenue to try to radicalize someone into thinking radically, not necessarily, you know, flying the black banner from the top of their house. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about just like going, huh, really? Well, yeah. How is it possible? Now, of course, there's going to be some people who are going to back the blue no matter what, because they'll get beat up after their spouse gets home from work because they're not backing the blue. Right. Uh, One out of four. Uh, Anyway, um, and that's what's reported, by the way. One out of four. With that being said, I really don't understand. You'll have people that will come forward and say, well, what about those people that are armed? What about the, okay, you're fine, sure. Anybody who knows anything knows that if you draw a weapon on a cop, you're going to die. Like, that's the end of the conversation. It's like, forget it. Even if you, even if you were able to get away from that one, they are going to swatch you into the, into oblivion. Like they're going to turn yeah. you into pink ribbons. It's the, the, the discussion is over. If they could call in an A10 warthog, they would on your ass. Yeah. Okay. P- period. They already bombed a neighborhood in Philadelphia. Would that be in the That's case? That's right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, we there's evidence that they will definitely kill you and many others around you that have nothing to do with anything, if they feel it necessary. But how many unarmed Americans are murdered by the police? I like there, This requires a deeper dive at some point in time because I think it's really important to start pointing this out. And once again, I know a lot of people that will probably, you know, like, you know, either ignore those statistics or not want to hear them. And I always go the same route. And Christopher knows what that is. Angel knows what that is. 25 dogs a day. 25 dogs yeah. a day. Yeah. And even if you excuse their behavior with some of the other stuff, how is it possible that you can, like, there are video, like, once again, the Free Thought Project is a gift. It is an oh, unbelievable yeah. website. Yeah, Tremendous yeah. work being done for the people. It is excellent. It is, they, they, I am yeah. so grateful for them. They, they post videos of cops, sheriff's deputies, Ace, pulling up to the wrong address yeah. and shooting the dog from the wrong address. Right. Yep. I, I Absolutely can't, terrible. I, I, I can't even be like, it really, really bothers me. It should bother the, the human fatalities should be the thing that bothers right. people for whatever reason. I don't know if we become accustomed to, or if we've just been forced to accept, not we, but the general public, the, the binary thinking public, let's say mm-hmm. have, you know, been accustomed through years of watching television shows on cops or, you know, being uh, conditioned to say, well, you know, the cops can't do anything wrong that they yeah. accept this sort of mass slaughter. You know what I mean? But I right. I, I just, how would you the, go about pointing it out to people? Like the dogs are really what pull at people's like heartstrings, man. <laughs> like it really does. They're like such a beloved pet. It's like an easy way to like, I, like I don't know why people can block out like fucking, you know, like the murder of humans. But but yeah, you bring up dogs man, and that, that really tugs at their heartstrings. Yeah. I think it's because most people like uh, automatically assume they're binary thinkers. So they automatically assume if a cop shot at someone or is arresting someone, therefore it's automatically justified because they're cops and they're supposed to go after bad people. So therefore if they're being arrested, they must be bad people, right? That's kind of like the logic most people use. But when you see uh, like a story of a cop, like uh, killing someone's pet or something, it's much harder to defend that even rat, even from the binary perspective, because that doesn't really count. Right. They don't, that's not, that's harder for them to like, wrap their head around yeah I, I i think that that's a fair point both of you how about this guys uh moving on torso i'm sure that myself included there are quite a few americans right now who owe 
I don't owe a substantial amount, but I owe uh, enough in uh, student loan debt mm-hmm. uh, from uh, from my pursuits in my education. That uh, uh, comrade Joe Biden, the hero of the working class, uh, <laughs> the the, the uh, Marxist Leninist from Scranton. He's going to come forward and he's going to now the word around the campfire right now is up to 50 grand of debt forgiveness. Now, here's the question that this there's always a caveat. There's always mm-hmm. a caveat. Now, wouldn't now how did how did how do they spin this? Because the banks, I don't think, are ever going to accept any default on on a student loan whatsoever. You could declare bankruptcy and get your medical bills washed away, but they don't wash away that debt. Uh, not even Jesus's hair could wash that debt yeah. off of you um how do you think this do you think they're going to be like look we'll get rid of the 50k but you got to do like civil air patrol or some fucking service to the state you know what i mean like you gotta work you gotta go on weekends yeah. and look out for russian bombers or some shit you know what i mean like yeah. they did back in the in the cold war days how do you do you think that this is going to happen and if so uh do you think it'll be the 50k do you think it'll be more along income-based uh, repayment do you think that this is a reality I, I just don't see it ever happening, to be honest. I, and I think, like, like I, I put out a tweet a while back, like, one of the big reasons I don't think it'll ever happen is that the military would have less reasons to bribe children to go to war, Ooh, right? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, I, I never even considered that. That's Yeah, and I think that's, pro- that I, I don't know how big of a motivator that is, but I bet it's a big one. And I bet that's probably one of the reasons why I don't think it'll ever happen. Oh, I bet it's a huge one for a lot of people, man. Yeah huge that's the the carrot that they can dangle in front of their face wow yeah crap man that's a really good point your life go overseas and drop that's right and then we'll give you money for college (laughs) well didn't you see guys that uh uh, glorious comrade trump on his way out he's trying to get uh troops out of i think first of all i didn't even know that they were still in somalia but they're in somalia uh and they also get troops out of uh afghanistan and it's amazing to see now that we have a multi-generational war in Afghanistan. We've been there longer, I think, than f- fucking Alexander the Great was there, which yeah. should tell anybody a lot. That should tell you quite a bit, okay? There's a guy named Alexander the Great who fucking <laughs> left before we did. Was like, you know yeah. what? Nah, fuck it. You know what I mean? Fuck it. It's called the Graveyard of Empires for a reason. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Even the, the British, as, as, staunch, as staunchly imperial as they were, even they called it a day. They were like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> you know what? They can stay up there in the mountain. And, you know, the thing about it is uh, there's a friend of mine who uh, broke his body in the uh, 75th Ranger Regiment, 82nd Airborne, one of the first Americans to put his boots on the ground in Afghanistan uh, when the war started. Jeez, I'm getting 19 years. We're going to be going on 20 yeah, years. Crazy. He um he told me that if you wanted to see what the world looked like when Jesus was around, he says, go to Afghanistan. He says, there are literal roads and, and uh, passes that are impassable during the winter. And you have these tribes that are completely isolated because a lot of people forget right. that the reason why Afghanistan isn't um, doesn't have any quote nationalism is because it's not it's not a, a, a like a homogenous nation. Like there's Pashtuns, there's Tajiks, mm-hmm. there's. There's a, I mean, I think there's like a little dribble of Uzbeks in there. There's, there's a, a really big mix of different ethnicities, and just because they're, they're Muslim, that's not the overriding factor. Their, their tribe and their ethnicity is kind of the trump card. 
And the mm-hmm. fact that, that, but the one thing that they all agree on is that they don't like it when somebody else is around. You know, it's right. one thing. They just all say, hey, listen, we'll, 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 we'll fight with each other as soon as these fuckers leave. You know what I mean? And right. I, what I can't understand is that the state media and the establishment went after Trump with, with <laughs> the man has enough to criticize on his own. Believe me, this isn't one of them. Stopping a war from, I mean, what are we even fighting for? I hear that. Well, you know, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't, we leave. We leave too early. We're just going to let Al Qaeda. They're going to have a, a more of a free reign. And I'm like, wait. What do you mean? Al Qaeda's in the Arabian Peninsula. Al Qaeda's in Mauritania. Al Qaeda's in Libya. Al Qaeda. There's Al Qaeda cells here. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, what? What? I mean, I'm waiting for the argument to be put forth, gentlemen and lady. That we need to invade Pakistan because if we don't invade Pakistan, guess what's going to happen? Al Qaeda is going to have access to a nuclear arsenal, and and we can't have that. So, but and, but if we if we leave, who's going to train the terrorists? <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Right, who's going to sell them firearms to use against us? Yeah, the Humvees. <laughs> right, right, and I mean that's just it. Like all these problems in the Middle East are all like they're all problems that our government's fucking created. Like. Yeah, many weapons over there amongst those people. Like our government's oh, yeah. got the receipts. Like it's all like a side effect of like the Cold War and like fighting like a proxy war against Russia mm-hmm. and funding two different sides in the Middle East. It's like these are all fucking problems that our goddamn government created. Right. Well, you know, a lot of this too is you have these um these really these these people that grew up in the Cold War who made their fortunes during the Cold War by having stock in McDonnell Douglas or Raytheon or Lockheed Martin or, you know, Boeing, whatever. And once that, that, you know, there's a great book that I've plugged on this show for free by Howard Bloom called the Lucifer principle. And one of the chapters in the book is called the enemies build the walls of our society. Okay. And without this enemy existing that the cold war uh, was quote one by the West, you no longer had this big Soviet adversary to generate the fear necessary to drum up the funds to keep this military industrial complex moving. So naturally you move to a new boogeyman, right? So then it becomes terrorism. Okay. There's global war on terror, which is the dumbest idea that anybody's come up with really. Cause, but it's brilliant from their perspective because it plays on the fear of the hoi polloi where you can continue it all you have, I mean, you can get your, uh, your your color-coded chart out and tell them how dangerous the level is today. It's kind of like yep. the, the COVID chart that we have here in Ohio. Yep. Chartreuse, do not leave the house. Al-Qaeda and right. the coronavirus are going to eat you when you leave your house. You know, uh, it's very convenient. It, it's extremely and to convenient. to a certain extent, it's unfalsifiable, right? So they could say that if there's a terrorist attack, they'd like, look, look at this danger. And if there's not a terrorist attack, they can say, look, we've stopped all these terrorist attacks. Right. right exactly. So they, uh, they can just, yeah. Exactly. They can, and then they could say, like you said, well, we've mitigated the threat. We mitigated the threat <laughs> by these measures that we've taken, even though we've caught them lying. And then we've had, they've had to change, like, oh, we stopped 50 some terrorist attacks from happening. Oh, well, then it became 11. And then it became zero. They didn't do fucking Most all of them anything. they created, right? Most of them they created right. to catch on purpose. So they right. created this terrorist plot, caught it on purpose. And it's just like, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think Hegel would be like, he's having a chuckle wherever he's spinning in his grave. Like, he's <laughs> like, oh man, problem, reaction, solution. And you guys really read That's the right. book. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I, I love it that uh, Comrade Trump, the Warhawk, and believe me, he is a Warhawk. Still, oh, yeah. now I don't know if he's doing this out of spite. 
because, you know, like I said, uh, glorious comrade Joe Biden, the people's uh, the, the working people's hero, could dispatch those troops right back to where they came from the day yeah. he's inaugurated. He'd go right to that desk and sign an order and send them back. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of this is ceremonial, at least for yeah. Mr. Trump. Maybe, like I said, ceremonial, probably more in spite but I don't think we're like, I think that they should make Afghanistan the 51st state. I don't even think Puerto Rico should be in the conversation. I'll do respect to our <laughs> listeners down there. I think, I mean, we're so up Afghanistan's ass. Like, poor Puerto Rico yeah. couldn't even get relief from a fucking hurricane. But shit, man, if Afghanistan needs something, man, they'll get it tomorrow. Right. So, you know what? Just fuck it. Make them the 51st state. The, you know, yeah, the, why not? I mean, fuck it. Like, let, I, I would love to see members of the Taliban in Congress arguing with Republicans and Democrats. Oh, my God. Oh, dude, it'd be like pay-per-view. It would be so funny. <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't have any uh, other vitriolic things to say. Ace, do you have anything else before, uh, yeah, before we uh, conclude? When you brought up Raytheon, I was gonna, it brought up something to my mind. Did you, did you ever see that clip with Wolf Blitzer on CNN interviewing Rand Paul where he's like, you know, if we pull out of Afghanistan, he, and he literally said this, if we pull out of Afghanistan, you know, a lot of Raytheon people will lose their jobs. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can look it up. It, it's a Wolf Blitzer on CNN, uh, like Ray, in Raytheon. If you Google that, you'll probably find it. He's like, look, look, if we pulled out of all these wars, there's a lot of people at Raytheon and Boeing who would lose their jobs. And he's like, <laughs> this isn't even ironic. He's saying he's legitimately saying this is a reason we should stay. Oh, Jesus, that dancing Christ. <laughs> yeah. oh God. This is this is beautiful. There's like right in your face. Oh right. man, they're not even high. They're not even hiding it. Oh. I mean, Boeing could retain their employees just basically by going through their aircrafts and making them safer so that they don't, you know, explode randomly or their engines stop working or there's like a thing if you do one thing and don't do another thing like the plane will just like nose dive and crash and like you know everybody will be obliterated and die so like maybe they could focus on those things maybe they could i uh, i found the quote so you ready for this uh, gang you ready for yeah. this okay quote yeah. so for you this is a moral issue he told paul during the kentucky republicans appearance on cnn because you know there's a lot of jobs at stake Certainly, if a lot of these defense contractors stop selling warplanes, other sophisticated equipment to Saudi Arabia, there's going to be a significant loss of jobs, of revenue here in the United States. That's secondary from your standpoint? This is beautiful. I'm so glad you said something to me. Oh, my God. This is the fucking gift that keeps on giving, man. It's incredible. It's an incredible quote. It's unbelievable. That, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's fucking. We are living, living in fucking clown world, man. Freaking aim, man. So for you, uh, bombing children is a moral issue. Oh yes. This is beautiful. Oh, I am so God. happy that you found that you were able to point us in that direction. Just, oh, yeah. when I, just when I think I run out of material, man alive, there's just it. Ne- it's never going to end. It's never going to end. It's uh, it's tragic, but at the same time, for us, it, it's uh, it's uh, definitely something we need to talk about. But the average American yeah. doesn't know anything about that. I mean, I know that most of us have read uh, 1984 in this mm-hmm. audience and including on this show. And George Orwell was a genius. Uh, yeah. he, he was a socialist and a genius. I don't give a shit about the yeah. socialist part. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, me neither. That doesn't mean anything to me. I didn't. I haven't even read his book yet on Catalonia. I think he wrote a book called Farewell Catalonia or something. He was there for the uh, Spanish yeah. Civil War. I got to really. I got to read that. But I remember 
when um, is it O'Brien, uh, the inner party guy who says to him, he says, as long as the proles have the lottery and alcohol and football and gambling, they don't give a shit about, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. They don't give a shit about what yeah. we do. They don't care. Yeah. Um, because Winston, who is the protagonist in the story, is, you know, saying, oh, uh, you know, freedom lies in the proles, the proles being short for proletariat, the workers. Yeah. So I think a lot, there's there's a lot of truth to that because yeah. the people in this country, and I, I, I'm a huge fan of the American people. I, I, I love the American people. I think they're mm-hmm. wonderful. But I think a lot of us have some learning that we need to do. And I yeah. think a lot of us are distracted. Of course, you're distracted by your daily struggle, right? Uh, putting food yep. on the table, paying your rent or your mortgage, you know, making sure that your kids are okay. All of the the common thing that you know, the regular things that regular people are concerned with. But at the same time, they don't have time to get involved in things like these, or they don't have alternative. Like that's why alternative media is so important. It's incredibly important for people to have separate outlets so that they get more of the story because. This is from The Intercept, and The Intercept is not a right-wing – well, I mean, it definitely isn't a right-wing paper. At least it wasn't when uh, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald was there, okay? But this is really important. This isn't going to be something that you're going to – like, oh, by the way, uh, Wolf Blitzer, you know, is cool. You know, he needs more money to bomb children in Afghanistan. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to get yeah. that. You're not going to get that from Fox News. You're not going to get that from your regular outlet. So that's what makes alternative media so important, but – I don't know how to get this message out to people because, once again, we come back to the fear, the the fear element, right? That that specific mm-hmm. factor is so powerful, and we've seen it with this stupid, uh, this virus nonsense. People, yeah. this this if if this didn't convince the multitude of free thinkers who were on the fence, maybe they were minarchists, maybe they were capital L libertarians. Look out when people are scared. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. get the yeah. fuck out of the way. These people are dangerous when they're yeah. afraid. You know what I mean, man? And yeah. I, I, it'll never, ever cease to amaze me how individuals behave and herd when fear runs through them. Like, I, I think I get more angry at that than anything else because yeah, they, they stop using critical thinking if they had any. You know what I mean? Yep. And it just spreads oh, yeah. through them like uncontrollably. It's almost like it's an uncontrollable reaction where like, you know, it's, it, it spreads through the herd. And that, that's the more dangerous virus, much more dangerous. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Uh, because that's how we get the, like, I don't know what these people think. I, I think we, we laugh. Like, the virus has unfortunately been a huge part of the conversation on most mm-hmm. people's shows and online or what have you, because we're fucking living in it right now. But yeah. I'll never forget when uh, our uh, benevolent Lord Di- uh, Dictator uh, Comrade Mike DeSwine, who is the uh, governor of this state, <laughs> he, uh, I'll never forget the 15 days to slow the spread. And yeah. now we are approaching, ladies and gentlemen, we're approaching a year of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, this guy, Fauci, says that people should be expecting to wear masks after the vaccine is has been has been distributed enough to enough people. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna let go uh, anytime soon. I really feel that I hate I hate the phrase new normal because this will never be normal to me. You know, right. I'm still from that generation that it could arrive at an airport 20 minutes before a flight, and that'll that, <laughs> the shit that I see at the airport now, man, is never gonna be normal to me. It's absolutely outrageous. Right. It's uh, the ratchet effect that Robert Higgs talks about, right? Like once they have that power, they're never going to like dial it back, right? No. They they have no incentive to. 
No, that's it, it's 100% true. I hope that I'm wrong. I, I hope that I'm wrong, and I will eat an entire bowl of crow over that. That's fine. However, I don't think that's going to be the case because, what, like you said, what is the incentive to let the proles have what they had back? You know, it's not – right. I, I lament uh, I lament the loss because what messes me up, man, is that I see the little kids that are that were getting shuttled off to school before they closed the schools again in our state. Mm-hmm. They closed them again. They have to learn online, so parents are back in the fucking uh, in the situation. They don't know how to you know handle everything because you know they have to work to support their family or what have you. And uh, I remember seeing kids on the school bus wearing these masks, and I'm like, all these little ones, and I'm talking about kids that are kindergarten, first and second grade. Yeah. This is normal to you. Like you don't, you won't have another reference. You won't be right. like the rest of us that remembered uh, United States of America 2019. You know what I mean? That's not even going to be a distant memory for them. So therefore, this right. is already a group of kids who just this is how life is. And to me, that is incredibly dangerous because also just psychologically too, right? Children need to be able yeah. to see people's facial features and the just the mask hiding people's facial features. I can't imagine what that does psychologically, right? Well, yeah, that's the, that's like, an evo- that's psychological a great point. Effect. That's a great point because that's an evolutionary thing. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean we humans communicate like with, you know, you, I mean you can tell like when you look on someone's face, you know what I mean? Like the looks that people give you communicates a lot. Like it's like body language is like a big part. Of, of our communication like not just us talking to each other and like yeah wearing that mask like you just don't get that it's like mm-hmm. can't like it's harder to interpret emotion it's literally dehumanizing right yeah yes. exactly yeah yes it is oh man well now that i'm fully depressed um i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no man hope springs eternal as long as we keep uh hey listen man like i i, I love to quote jeremiah because I, i'm a huge fan of his and uh he mm-hmm. said we have a one percent chance of winning, but we've got it. We've got to try, so we will try. That's right, and we'll keep uh, raising awareness. Uh, does anybody have anything else before we wrap it up this evening? I do not have anything, no, sir. Thank no, you. I'm good. I would just circle back to our discussion on Ross. I would recommend everyone go to freeross.org and sign the petition if you have not. Yes, and spread it around if if you uh, if you do wish so. And yep. If you're feeling super generous, put some money in his commissary. That's right. Yeah, do yes. uh, any, anything. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to do that as well. And it'll be in the show notes uh, for anybody who wants to jump in there and take a look. Uh, we will tweet it out uh, as part of uh, the tweet when we uh, release the episode. So, uh, yeah, please, uh, please take that into consideration. Do your own homework and realize that there's been an egregious uh, miscarriage of justice with this man, and it's heartbreaking. And oh, yeah. uh, if they can do it to him, they can do it to anybody who hears Absolutely. our voices. Anybody. Okay. So, yep. uh, just 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 remember that you are one you are one pissed off federal agent away from doing life in a federal penitentiary. So, yeah. re- remember double that. Life. Yeah, double life without the possibility of parole. So, on that note, uh, Ace, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you very thank much. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, this yeah. is a blast. On, yeah, I always enjoy being on here. Well, thank you. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, you can check out our uh, website. It's useguyspod.com. And please, you know, don't forget, it's the first night of Hanukkah. And we got Christmas coming up. We got Kwanzaa. We got New Year's. And down the road, we got St. Patrick's Day. Maybe even for, uh, hey, Valentine's Day for your special loved one who loves to boat while carrying firearms. You never know. <laughs> you can always never be, you can never be too careful. 
please check it out. Uh, for myself, uh, Chris G, and Comrade Commissar, show producer, show runner, engineer, sound operator, executive producer, and many other titles over there, Angel, uh, this is Jay saying thank you very much, and we will catch you all very soon. Bye. Bye. Peace.